0: Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, SevernRun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Well, our purpose uh, as a church is not to be comfortable. Uh, it's not to, to uh, keep me employed or make you happy. Uh, our purpose as a church is to creatively reveal something that is world-changing and epic. It is the love of the Father. A love that is the answer to all the brokenness in this uh, badly broken world. Uh, and it is a love that, that we do not need to leave to the imagination. It is a love that, ha- that has been given a name. It is a love that had a face. It is a love that had hands and feet. It is a love that touched life and changed it. And so we creatively reveal the love of the Father through the life of the Son, but we don't do that in our own power or our own abilities. It's all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today I just want to kind of lay a foundation for what's next in, in the, uh, the next season of the Church have Seven Run. And that is simply this that if we're saved, we're sent. If we are saved, and we'll kind of unpack that term, if that's a foreign term to you, uh, but if we are saved, if we have entered into the life of Christ, then we are sent uh, out by Christ into the world. Jesus said that if we found our life and our significance in his love, that we would then be so changed and altered of heart that we would spend the rest of our lives helping other people find their place in the love of the Father. And so... So if we're not doing the one, then we need to question whether we've done the other because this is a love so great and so powerful that, that it, it changes whatever it touches. Um, it's kind of like the concept of, of, a, of a dry wet, you know, just doesn't you know, work together. Uh, a love that refuses to go is not a, not a real love. And so if we are truly saved as the church of the living God, then then we have to acknowledge that our purpose is perhaps not what we thought it was in the modern world, that it's not a a country club for consumers, Um, it it is not a place for critics to rate, Uh, it is not uh, where we get our needs met, this is not what the church is for. The church is the body of Christ. It is to be in our world what Christ's body was in his world. The body of Christ served the the mind of Christ to do his will, uh, to touch the faces of those who are hurting and broken in his day. And it's supposed to do the exact same thing in ours. And so the flow of the love of God is this. Jesus said, you come uh, to me. And and find in me your life. Find in me the purpose that you've been longing for. Everything else that you've tried and broken yourself on, when you come to me instead of going to that, you will find rest. You will find life. You will find joy. But when you come and when you follow me for life, I'm going to send you out. And I'm going to make you fishers of men. That's my purpose. That's That's my call. That's my... My, my love for the world expressed and lived in, in a way that actually works. Here's the deal. I'm convinced that I and we do not believe in the power of the gospel much anymore. I, I, I'm so convicted. I'm going to share that with you a little bit later. I have been praying for years that there would be a day when we would see 300 uh, new believers uh, come to Christ and follow him in baptism every year. In a a city uh, of hundreds of thousands, how is that not possible? There's only one way that's not possible, and that's I'm not doing my job. I'm not believing my Lord. I'm not going where I should be going. I'm not speaking how I should be speaking. I'm not letting Jesus make me what he wants to make me. And so I want us as a church to wake up and opt out of consumerism, I want us as a church to recover our confidence in the power of the gospel to change lives and to believe that it is not preachers who are given the privilege of answering brokenness, but every Christ follower is one who is sent. That's our call. And for those of us who are so scared of of sharing the gospel, it's just being who and what you are. And here's what it really looks like when it's done in the power and the flow and the naturalness of the Holy Spirit. I I don't, yeah, do we believe that can really happen? Guys, I'm just telling you, we have so badly distorted discipleship in the modern church, it's not even funny. We've taken people into classrooms, sat them down, and filled their brain with theories and, and facts that somehow don't seem to be dropping the 18 inches from the head to the heart. We've made knowledge the currency of the kingdom when when faith is always the currency. We, we have made learning more uh, the quest when it's knowing Jesus and having a personal relationship with him that is the quest. It's a person, not some body of knowledge or doctrines. Jesus never led anybody into a classroom. He led needy people, and that's a part of of what it means to be a disciple, is to to admit that you're a needy individual, a needy human being. He led needy people out into a broken world, that that in that broken world, they might redeem it. Because in this world, everything is broken, and everything needs to be redeemed. And what the church of, of, of the living God in the 21st century has to make up its mind about is, can everything be redeemed. Are we on a one-way downward spiral, or is it really possible that the gospel of Jesus Christ has enough resurrection power in it to absolutely change everything? See, the reality is that the gospel isn't an invitation to your personal happiness, okay? And we have mis the gospel, and if that's what you have believed prior to this time, I just want to say that I'm sorry that you've been sold a bill of goods, The gospel of Jesus Christ is the call to wage and win an eternal war. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the call to to understand that, that, that you and I have a terminal life. And what it means to be saved is to trade a terminal life for an eternal one. It means to acknowledge that in this world we will never be finally happy, finally complete, that in this world we will never be finally appreciated or loved. There will always be tension, always be pain, always be a level of brokenness in our life. But in the midst of it all, there is a Savior whose love will overcome. And He will lead you to win the war of your heart and your soul so that you will struggle successfully and and, and that you will then be sent out by love into a broken world to to lead others to, to trade their terminal lives for an eternal one as well. And it all has to do with faith and believing, not a doctrine of knowledge, but a person, a being, to to understand that we're embracing a heart more than we're embracing some orthodoxy. Guys, if we're saved, then we are sent out in the world to save. We are sent out in the world in the authority of Jesus Christ, and the truth is that we have a power that we are too timid in the modern church to use. Guys, I want to just tell you, these are not just words for me. The, this, is a, this is a life change for me. I've been a believer um, probably, I don't know, uh, believe it or not, some, some 40 years now. And This is a major shift in, in my life and my call. It, it, is, a, it is a major uh, shift and, and just a growth point of, of what, you know, when we listen deeply, hearing God speak very clearly. And Jesus is on his way back. I I do not know when. I do not know how long. It could be this afternoon. It it may be a thousand years. But I want to be ready. And I want to lead you to be ready as well, because whether you see him uh, in his return or you die and see him then, it's going to be soon either way. And before that time, for you and I just to to waddle around on this planet Earth in self-pity, for you and I to give away the power that God gave us, to squander our creativity, to, to use our imaginations only for darkness and evil, to, to, to not believe in the giftedness that God has given each one of us and unleash that in faith on the world is a, is a tragedy. It's a waste. And I hate waste. As the son of an alcoholic, I, I, I saw waste. But, but I'm just telling you, that kind of waste is easy to see, the, the waste of of drug addiction of any kind, of, of gambling addiction. That, that kind of waste is easy to see. That's not even the waste, it, it breaks my heart, but it's not the waste that, 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 that disturbs me most. The waste that disturbs me most is the waste that's going on in our lives that, that we don't think is going on. That we're living nice suburban lives, you know, seeking our own safety. Um, living as, as self-centered consumers and not risking everything in the war and the battle that we've been called into. That's such a waste. For you to live a life perpetually seeking friendship instead of forever offering it to other people is just sad and a waste because you're worth knowing and other people would love to have what you offer if you would just dare to give it away. I'm so tired of the Church of the Living God dying down. The truth is that 85% of churches in America are dying. And, 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 and any church that has been in decline for more than about six years is, is 90% not going to pull out. The Southern Baptist Convention lost a half a million people the last year that we have records for we're baptizing, we're, we're reaching half as many people as we did in 1979, and that's true across denomination. How can that be? Well, maybe the gospel is like a battery, you know? Um, you know, it, it, it's, maybe it's like a battery that in a car that you just let set for a long time, and the longer it sets, the more it loses its power. Maybe that's how this thing works. Maybe, maybe there's a drain going on and there's just not as much power available to us as now as the way, the, the day that, that God spoke His Son's life back into existence. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're just, you know, hosed in that sense because we, you know, we just happen, didn't happen to live when good stuff was going on. Or maybe that's all garbage and the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is as powerful as it ever was. Maybe the Word of God is as living and true as it's ever, ever been and we're just not believing it. Guys, we have a power we're too timid to use. In Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered Jesus' question, who who do you see me as? And this is the confession of Peter. He he saw divinity in the humanity of, of the rabbi. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded in verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter. You've acknowledged who I am while I'm giving you a new name. And on this rock, I will build my church, the rock of the confession that I am the Christ, I am the Messiah, I am the long-awaited one, I am the promised one that ties together all of, of the 66 books of the Bible into one story, one narrative of salvation and hope. I am the I am. And I tell you that I will build my church on that confession, that understanding, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now, we're a little confused about how the gates of hell, it's not heaven that has gates. It's, it's not heaven that's on the defensive. And, and that's what the modern church acts like. Oh, lost people are so lost. The world is so icky. Oh, my gosh. Again, I, I tell you that, 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 that we are like a, a bunch of whiny babies on, on the, the beach in Normandy. And we're complaining about the noise and how wet it is. And, and how the sun isn't shining today. You're in a war. This is not your home. The reason you needed to be saved is because you were dying. And there was somebody trying to kill you. And so we have an authority to use. And Jesus said, this is the authority. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, I will loose in heaven. Now, now we're not turning this into some, uh, you know, religious infomercial uh, where you're going to be a, just a new branded consumer, you know, getting more stuff. That's garbage. We're taking this in the context in which it was given. That is the mission of the salvation of the world. And, and we, we look around in the brokenness around us. And, and we, pray, we play defensive ball. We, we play not to lose. And you know what happens just about every time you play not to lose. You lose. And the church of the living God is, is playing defense. It's, it's acting like, well, you know, if, if, you know, God is God and it'll all work out the way God wants it to. Let me, let me just tell you, that's garbage. The way God wanted it to work out was shown in, in the relationships of Eden, in perfect obedience, in, 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 in walking with God in the cool of the day and having a relationship of love and trust so that you knew what God said was true and good and you wanted to live it. We blew that out of the water. And ever since that day, devastation and hell have reigned on earth. In fact, Satan is called the prince of this air that we all breathe. So don't you dare think that it's all going to work out the way God wants it to, uh, because it's not the will of God that any should be lost, but that all should come, and that's not going to happen. God's will is not being done, has not been done, since human beings took their, their will away from, from the will of the Father. God doesn't want the world to look like this. He doesn't want the murder uh, number rate to be what it is in Baltimore City. God doesn't want the marriages to be failing that are failing. God doesn't want the unhappiness uh, to reign in in, in your life that's that's reigning there. None of that's God's will. God doesn't want his church to be this wimpy, mamby-pamby, failing enterprise on earth. And yet it is. And the reason it is, is not because of God, but because we've been given a choice and we are failing to exercise our choice in faith. Jesus faced and fought and beat back hell and all of its work and all of its destruction in his time. I mean, he did it in an astonishing way. He, his healing is what we're called to do in, in the nations. His, his love is, is our example, the life we're, we're called to live. And Jesus actually expects us to do the same in our world that he did in his. Matthew twenty eight eighteen says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It's an imperative in the Greek. And it's actually an imperative participle. Going, as you're doing your life, as naturally as you saw in the video, uh, you go and, and you make disciples of all nations. The Greek is actually the word ethnos. Um, because in, in, in you know, that day, nations were more kind of a, you know, a tribal reality than they were kind of you know, lines on a map. There really weren't world and national maps. So all the people groups, people like you, people unlike you, because the truth is everybody is like you. And there is no them, there is only us. If you, if you settle for having any kind of them in your life, you are racist and prejudiced and, and you don't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. So everybody, whether they're the same or different, whether you're afraid or not, um, whether you whether you include them in your circle or not, no, no, no. Your circle just got expanded uh, when when you when you got in God's circle. And I want you to go, and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father. I want you to lead them to a place of commitment and 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 starting line faith. And then I don't want you to walk away from them. Um, But in the fullness of of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I want you to teach them, walk with Him, live with Him, teach them everything I've commanded you. And you know what? I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. How is it that Jesus is not as powerfully present in our culture as He was in His? And the only answer is that the church of the living God is hiding Him. That believers are not believing. That we are obscuring the redemption of of God Almighty in, in our world. And in this verse, we are hard on the heels of the resurrection. And these three days prior, confused disciples are now confronted with a Messiah who's appearing alive to them and to, to 500 others uh, all through Pentecost. And Jesus has just met them, and, and, and they looked freshly into his resurrected eyes, and, and the disciples saw an unstoppable power to make a broken world whole again. Everything changed when they looked into the eyes of Jesus. They actually believed that what they saw there would change everything that they saw around them. The truth is that the modern church walks more in the fearful relativism of its culture than it does in the confident authority of its creator. And and that's just wrong. That's a choice. And and the relativism that we see, you know, well, why, why do we read this book and not others? Because this book is divinely inspired because this book written over 1,500 years by 40 authors through 66 books tells one story, the story of a God who so loved the world that he he actually became one of us and died sacrificially on the cross that if we would just believe that he would give us eternal life that starts here and changes now. That's our story And it's different than every other religion on the world, in the world. It is not a case that all roads lead to the top of the mountain. There is only one way. And there's only a single truth that saves. And we've been given that truth. And we are called to defeat the rampage of the brokenness of hell in our world, in our marriages, even in our own hearts. You've been given an authority. I've been given an authority and I'm not using it and you're not using it. We, we, we look in our own families and we see the, the, the damaging and, and, and the work of hell. Men, it's like running your, your, your engine, your car without oil. And, and, and we, we do nothing about it. We act like, well, this is just the way it is. It's the way it is because we let it be this way. We look around uh, at, at the world around us and, and the brokenness, again, of our city and, and, our, and our town. And we just accept it or we don't even see it. Well, Jesus sees it, and he doesn't accept it, and he sends us out to answer it. The only question is, will we go? We are called to defeat in the authority of Jesus, in the presence of the living Jesus, who by Scripture is just as much present with us as he was with the first 12. Do you believe that? Well, I can't see him. Well, let me just tell you that the 12 who walked with him for three years didn't see him either until they believed. Do you see him now? Do you believe? Believing in the authority of Jesus' mission means believing in the success of our mission as a church. May God forgive us for only shooting uh, right now to reach 5,000 disciples. But that's our next marker point. That's, that's our, our next uh, challenge. And the simple reality is that that God has given us success in our mission. And the truth is he's given you success in your mission as well. Your life is not a waste. Your life is is not uh, something that that is an inevitable failure. Your life is an eternal success because it is a Jesus-powered life. We can change our world. And if our vision of impact is any smaller than the nations that we're called to go to, then it isn't God's vision, and we're not really Christ's church. Let me just share with you something that is so pivotal that, that God is just wrecking my life with, and, 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 and literally, um, I am so convicted by this. Here's my, and maybe our, but I'll speak for myself right now. My, my default mode is that people aren't coming to Jesus because they won't believe, Anybody follow that logic? Anybody see that? This means yes, this means no. All right? And 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 people are just like they just they just won't believe. I want to tell you that, that that's mostly wrong. I believe with all my heart that God has spoken to me to say it's not their unbelief that's keeping them from Him. It's mine. It's yours. So we don't believe in the power of our gospel anymore. We don't believe that simply by telling the story of Jesus that people's lives can be changed. We, we don't believe that, that there, is, there is all authority in heaven and on earth in the word of Jesus to, to love and to, to bring salvation. We, we don't believe in that power to walk into a room and to share that story and have half the room respond to it. But here's what I say For myself from this day forward, God help my unbelief, I believe. And we will see 300 people uh, baptized a year. Um, And I'm not going to lead all 300. Some of them I will. But you will. And here's how we begin changing the world. We remember how very good and strong our good news is. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 16 Uh, 623 says but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord maybe you're here today and your life is circling the toilet you may have religion but you're lost if you're honest you you don't know uh, Jesus and you're wondering maybe what you do here's what you do you simply believe you just accept Jesus well pastor I'll need to study and I'll need to learn no no You just need to believe. And you need to pray a prayer about as complicated as this. Jesus, save me. I give my life to you. And everything changes. God says in Jeremiah 31, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And today, there are some of you here who just need to say yes to Jesus' love. And we're gonna be here to meet you at the front. And your life and your destiny can be forever changed if you'll just say yes. And for the rest of us, may God forgive us for lacking confidence in the power of his resurrection. Secondly, we begin changing the world by living empathy and showing compassion. Remember the hell of living lost. And look around at the people uh, that are are around you in your world and don't be angry at them. Uh, Don't judge them. Don't look down on them. Feel for them. Because the truth is we will never love as Jesus lived until we feel what Jesus felt for people. And we need to recover empathy in a huge, huge way. Third, be the living conversation of God on earth. Start a conversation about Jesus with somebody and be that conversation. Well, Pastor Drew, I don't know enough. That is a lie from hell or an excuse for laziness on your part. Get off your butt, learn something, and share Jesus, okay? And if you know him, you already know enough to lead a lost person to Christ. Tell them they matter. Be the living conversation of God. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. And if it's not getting out this message, it's because we haven't honored that commitment. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal to the world through us. Is anybody in the world hearing it? Or are we too concerned about our own safety and our own uh, stuff and our own selves to, to go and to share with a broken world? Guys, this isn't meant to be a message about cheap guilt. It's about a confrontation with, with a living Lord and a reassessment and a realignment of the meaning of our faith in Christ and, and what kind of a church we wanna be until we see Jesus. I don't wanna be a plastic church. I don't want to be a plastic preacher, I want to give my life for Jesus and I want to see people come to know Him and to see the hell that's going on in their life answered by the heaven that's going on in Jesus' heart. There's no one you know who can't be saved. I'm going to ask you to come, to be saved if you're not, to commit your life to spreading the message of salvation. Um, I'm going to ask you to come and to pray specifically. If you don't know anybody who's lost, come to me and I'll give you the name of somebody and you can kneel down here and pray for them. But I suspect you know 10 people right now. And what if your cry to God in these moments changed their destiny? Why would you let your pride keep you in your seat? Guys, in Jesus' name, it's time to change. In Jesus' name, it's time to say the status quo isn't enough. We need to prepare for that face-to-face meeting with Jesus. And we need to bring others with us. So, Father, in, in Jesus' name, I'm asking that you would break us. I'm asking that in the brokenness and the joy and gratitude for your love, that we would go and share the message of Jesus and not do that fearfully or, or hesitantly or, or reluctantly. But we would share the message of Jesus believing that it is life. And that the simplest understanding of a child can change everything forever. So God, we come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.